response time for dealing with um, pressured situations is it can be sometimes a little bit slow and um, I'm quite a relaxed person. My, I, I tend to have a relaxed approach to, to things when they rise up, which isn't always helpful to Rosie. Last year we were on a family walk, on a family walk together and Gideon has run ahead and he's tripped up and he's, cr- he's crying quite badly. So Rosie says to me, quick Daniel, run, quick, go to him, he may have broken something. Um, so I'm, me being me, I was like, it's fine, I'm sure. but to, to help you, I'll speed walk ahead a little bit and you know, we'll check if he's okay. Not good enough for Rosie. That is not good enough. She runs ahead of me. She goes to see Gideon. On her way past while she's running, she shouts, you need to be more like my brother. You need to be more like my brother. And that, 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 that it hit something in me when she shouted this. And she ran over to Gideon. By the way, Gideon was fine. He, he was all right. He's, he picked himself back up and he was off of his brothers. But when she shouted that, I mean, I need to tell you a little bit about Rosie's brother, just so you, you can help and understand my point of view here. Um, Rosie's brother, oh, he is not the run-of-the-mill sort of guy, Rosie's brother. He has been in law enforcement his entire career. <laughs> this is true. He is a highly commended detective sergeant team leader, is Rosie's brother. He has won awards. He has won awards for achieving the highest levels of detection. He's won awards for achieving the highest levels of arrests. This is Rosie's brother. He is that good. He is that good. He has been promoted into special branch. This man is a machine. Just a couple of years ago, we're out at a playground and Eli has fallen off the climbing frame onto some wood chippings. And, and I'm like, well, you know, it's wood chipping, it's fine, but so, just so I'm not judged as a parent, I'll start to wander over and check it's all right. Before I know it, Rosie's brother has sprinted past me, and when I'm halfway there, he's on his way back telling me that he's fine. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know he's fine, I'm sure he is. Just recently, Rosie's for work together, there's 25 of us, and we're at the grandparents' house. And we're all together, and I'm washing the dishes, and... There's this blood-curdling scream from upstairs, and Joseph, showing off to all his cousins, has jumped off the bed and banged his head off the radiator, and his head is bleeding. And um, I've got an excuse, because I'm washing the dishes, so I'm not the first responder because I'm washing the dishes. Rosie's brother, he has zigzagged through all the people downstairs. He has leapt up to the first floor. Before I can even say the word respond, he scooped Joseph up in his arms. He's ran into the bathroom and he's got a, a, a flannel on Joseph's head, dabbing his head. Church, this is Rosie's brother. When you respond, you need to be more like this. Yes, my pride took a hit. I'm over it. I'm over it. Don't you worry. I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm past it. I want to ask you this morning, how do you respond? How do you respond? How do I respond? Not to family dilemmas, but when you hear God speak to you, what's your response? What's your response? Philippa um, encouraged us last week. She brought us the word of God for as we desperately cry out for more of God, we will start to see the miraculous. We will see the miraculous as we go after the miracle worker. That is God's word to us. That is God's word to us. And she said, didn't she, if you remember, how will we respond to that word? What's our reaction to that word? 
This year alone, we have heard an abundance of his preached word to us. We are mightily blessed. We've received so much word. Um, the handout that you have this morning um, is an example, just some encouragements about who we are to help remind us to help refresh us. Please don't take this handout to think it's some list of definitive words for us as King's Church. It's not that. It's simply to help us to think, here are some ideas to help us to think, yes, this is something I can take hold of. Um, but whatever that is to you, whatever God's word is to you, what is your response? Um, yeah, this morning, I just believe we need to take, take a health check, if you like. Take a, a moment of reflection to ask ourselves, are we responding to his word, to his call in our lives? What's my response to your word, God? Am I listening and obeying? Um, several months ago, I am having... Um, just a, a morning um, devotion with God. I'm in my kitchen, just the worship means I'm playing, and I'm just, just enjoying God. And God starts to um, speak to me from a passage in Revelation, chapter 3, um, verse, verse 20, where it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with that person and they with me. And I've just got, and you just, you know, when you have those times we've got and you're like, oh, just, you just you feel his presence and he's ministering to me from this word. And I'm like, yes, I, I respond to your word, God, that I would hear your voice. That um, as you knock on the door of my heart, yes, I respond to you, God. I open the door to you. Um, and I'm just, just there in that moment. Um, and, and I start to ask, I sometimes do, I was like, Lord, is this, is this a word for your church? Not just for me, but is this a, a word for your people? And the moment I ask that question, literally the moment, there's a knock at the door. There's a knock at the door. Now, bear in mind, this is a Sunday morning, and it's very early. And I don't know about you, but I've never had a knock at the door, even growing up, early on a Sunday morning. But I ask this question, and just at that moment, there's a knock at the door. And for a second... For a split second, I was absolutely 100% convinced Jesus was at my door. Honestly, I, just, I was just there. My faith was there and I was like, Jesus is at the front door. And I'm in my pajamas, I've not even brushed my teeth and Jesus is at the front door. Um, the moment passed and I thought, well, I need to answer the door. So I answered it. It wasn't Jesus, it was a delivery man. Um, and he gave me, a, he said, are you Daniel? I said, yes. He said, here's a parcel for you. And I took the parcel, said, thank you, shut the door and... Um, and I went back into the kitchen, and just as I did, I felt God say, is that confirmation enough for you? You asked, is that a word for your church? Would you respond? Would you open the door? Would you hear my voice? And just as I asked that, there's this knock at the door, and is that confirmation enough for you? Will you respond? Will you respond? His desire is to grow in intimacy with us, to continually speak to us, to continually knock on the doors of our heart? Would we hear his voice? Would we open the door? Even in the current climate of our country over the last few days, as we've heard already, would we hear his voice? We're so rich with his word, aren't we? We are so full with his word. The excellent sermons we hear week after week, the podcasts that are readily available, the encouragement that we give one another. The contributions that come in our times of worship, in our times of, of uh, uh, deeper. Are these words bringing change to my life? Are they having an impact in me? Are they, effective? Are they affecting me? You may be here this morning and you know that you know that you have received God's word to you. Maybe it was through a sermon 
reading the Bible or, or through a fellow Christian, you know that you have felt God speak to you that's brought you that hope, that peace, that, that unfailing love. But if you're honest, time has passed. Soon maybe doubt has trickled in. Frustration has begun to harbour. Maybe over time, complacency has set in. Fear or sin has begun to speak louder than the word that you have received. The word has come already this morning from somebody, hasn't it? I have not forgotten my promises for you. That was God saying to us, I have not forgotten the words I have spoken over you. I'm here to tell you this morning that there is a fresh response for you. There is a fresh response for you. If you have found yourself in the past not responding well to God's word, today is a new day. Today is a new day. God will never leave or forsake us. He keeps on coming and he keeps on knocking. And my question is, are we going to respond to him? What is our response going to be? I believe this morning God wants to bring remembrance, prophetic words that he has spoken to you. I believe that this morning he wants to stir, stir in you the corporate words that we have heard and have received as a church together. At the end of this message, we're going to have a time of response just for a few moments. We're going to have the worship team back up just for a moment that we can even this morning respond to all that he's spoken to us. Allow the Holy Spirit just to remind us once again of everything he's deposited into us and that we could have that fresh response to him. But let's turn in our Bibles to, to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and, and verse 34. Um, this is a well-known story. I'm sure most of you are very familiar with this story. Um, story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I wanted just to take this story and just look at, um, as an example, how the disciples responded to Jesus um, through this story. So we'll pick it up from verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Verse 37, but he answered, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. So the word has come. Jesus has brought instruction they're in this situation, this, this circumstance, and the word has come. You bring them something to eat. How do the disciples respond to that word? Verse 57, they said to him, this would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? So it's the doubting disciples. They've already witnessed Jesus do some amazing things firsthand. They have testified to Jesus performing the miraculous already. But how do they respond here with doubting questions, with practicalities, and without faith. So before I point the finger too much, I know I've done the same. I know I've done the same. God, your word says that you will provide for all my needs. But I have no job, no income, mouse to feed. I, I don't see how that can happen. I, I don't see a way out. The disciples looked with natural eyes and responded with doubt. I wonder if anyone else has ever responded to, to God's um, word in a, in a similar way with those natural eyes. 
when the word comes about seeing my miracle, have I questioned it, doubted it, started to try and work out how it, it could be possible? Maybe responded with fear, anxiety, or worry. But let's continue verse 38 and Mark chapter 6. Thankfully, it doesn't end there. 38, Jesus, how many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish, and the number of men who had eaten were 5,000. So verse 31, Jesus gave the bread to the disciples to distribute. The disciples take the bread and start to feed the crowd, and the miracle happens. They hear God's word, and though initially there was doubt, they begin to take steps of faith and distribute the bread to the crowd. So despite the disciples responding with doubt at first, Jesus still involves them in the miracle. How amazing is that? That the miracle happened through God speaking and through the disciples responding in faith. Do you see the partnership there? Do you see the importance of our response when he speaks? Sometimes life can offer up so many distractions. And we can lose sight of ensuring that we're walking in God's word. You see, he will keep speaking to us about our future in him. He will keep on reminding us of our promises in him. He loves to knock on the door of our heart. He loves to knock and say, hey, remember, I have called you for such a time as this. He loves to knock on the door of your heart. Hey, remember, I love you and I accept you. Remember the plan and the future that I have for you. Will we respond in faith? Will we respond in faith? As I was preparing for um, this message, I kept getting a picture of a mixing bowl. Um, and it was like the, all the words that God has spoken to us, the, the unfulfilled promises, the, the encouragement we have received, the Bible passages that we've received revelation from, all these words, it's like they're, they're put in a mixing bowl. Um, and we need to add other ingredients to go along with these words, something that will permeate with them, something that will stick to the word. What are we mixing God's word with? What ingredients are we putting in? Is it the natural responses, frustrations, doubt? I, I've missed it, I, I've messed up, I've, I've made mistakes. Or are we mixing the word with our faith? Are we going to choose how Jesus sees? When Jesus looks at the crowd of 5,000 people needing food, he sees an abundance of provision. He sees needs taken care of. He sees the people being blessed. Let us see with those eyes of faith. Put your faith in the mixing bowl and start to stir it with the word. So I just want us to look at three ways in, as to how we can mix our faith with God's word. Just three practical things. There are many ways in, which, in how we can mix our faith with God's word. I just want to touch on three this morning. And the first one is this. It's, it, it's in our speaking. It's in our speaking. The first way we can mix and stir our faith with God's word. In our confession, what we say. Um, Dave, earlier this year, he preached on Jesus, Lord of my confession. 
Jesus, Lord of my confession. There is power when we speak God's word aloud. When we speak to one another, encouraging each other in the things of God, there's power in that. Let's thank God for his word that has yet come to pass and and let's start to speak it into being. Let's start to thank God for that word. The last two times Richard has preached here in the morning site, he has challenged us to own together the words that the church has received. That we own together those words and we run after them as a community. You know, speaking um, the word of God um, can help you own the word. They're, They're linked together. When you speak God's word, it helps you to own God's word. Um... See, the first person to confess God's word, the first person to hear that confession is you. When you speak God's word, the first person to hear it is you. So when you speak God's word, you start to hear God's word, you start to believe God's word. It's like it's spoken into the, the good soil of your heart, so when you speak it, you start to believe it. Um, Romans 10.9 shows us, doesn't it, the link between our confession and believing in our heart. And so when we believe God's word, once we've spoken it, we believe it, it becomes part of us, it becomes part of our value system. It becomes part of who we are, it forms part of our identity because I've believed it, because I've heard it. So I start to speak God's word, yes, I can heal the sick. I start to um, believe that I can heal the sick. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. So I start to think, yes, I I can heal the sick through the power of Jesus. I start to believe it. I start to look for people that can be healed of the sick so I can lay my hands and pray in the power of Jesus to see them um, healed. Hey, presto, I've owned that word. I've owned that word as someone that can heal the sick. Do you see the power in God's word? See the power in in what we can own when we speak out the word of God. It can transform the atmosphere. It can cause our identity to be more like Christ. I encourage you this morning, regularly prophesy to yourself. Read the Bible out loud. Encourage one another. We heard testimonies this morning. Let's keep springing testimonies, speaking testimonies, and let's praise God for them, that his praise would be on our lips, that we would praise him and thank him for those testimonies when they come. Mix your words of faith with his words this morning. Stir up your faith words with his words and see them come into reality. The second point of mixing our faith with God's word is in our listening. It's in our listening. Life is so fast-paced, isn't it? It's so busy. And for me, sometimes it can just feel like life is going 100 miles an hour. And within all that day-to-day busyness of life, there are many, many voices. Consider today alone how many voices you have heard. On social media, in the news, emails, texts. Just this morning alone, how many words you've heard from your family or your friends, what they spoke to you this morning. What did the billboard say on your way to the meeting? Or the radio you may have listened to, podcasts or music that you have listened to. The people you spoke to this morning as you arrived at the meeting, hopefully they built you up and they encouraged you. But all these voices are speaking something to you. Don't even get started, and this can wind Rosie up when I get on my soapbox, on the consumer culture and the the billion pound marketing industry constantly fighting for our attention. But in all of this, in all of this, are we putting times aside to listen to the voice of God? In all those many, many voices, are we putting time aside to listen to the voice of God? 
putting time aside to be washed by his word. I was so, so blessed last um, Sunday after the meeting, and Eli, after kids work, our eldest son, he, he runs upstairs and he comes to me, his face was beaming, he was so excited, and he said, God spoke to me today, God spoke to me today, and you know, it was yeah, just a, a massive um, blessing, and I was like, oh great, what, what did he say to you? And he explained that um, in, in the kids' ministry, they had asked them to just find a quiet place in the room and just to see what Jesus had to say for them. So he went and he did that, um, and they were just having this time of quietness, and he said he heard the word, chocolate. Now, if, that, if you just receive that word for you this morning, just, just take it, just own that word, the word chocolate. My faith stirred when I heard it. I don't know about you, just yes, Lord, more chocolate. Uh, and so he went on. It wasn't the end of the story, praise God. And um, he, so he... So he was, again, he was surprised. So he, he said that he asked God, he said, why did you give me the word chocolate? And he said that Jesus said to him, I know how much you love chocolate. I want you to love me more than chocolate. Um, a powerful word, a powerful word. And yeah, as a family, we're owning that word. You know, we like chocolate in our house. So yes, just we fill our cupboards with you, Lord. Um, don't they, the kids work do a fantastic job, don't they? Just helping us as parents connect our children with God. You know, fantastic. Jesus puts it like this, Matthew um, 6 and verse 6. He's instructing us how to pray. And in verse 6, he says this, When you pray, go into your room and close the door and then pray to your heavenly Father. So when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Close the door, then pray to the Heavenly Father. So I've already encouraged us to open the door when God knocks on the door. But let me encourage you to close the door to the voices that are not bringing you life. Close the door, then pray to your Heavenly Father. There's something about switching off from all those voices and those, those many distractions, isn't there? To, to, um, you know, when, when I give Rosie my attention, it's not speak, listening to her and on my screen. Uh, trust me, I've learned that the hard way. But he has got so much to say that we would switch off from all those many distractions, that we would shut the door and learn to simply listen, to give our undivided attention to his voice, to listen to him speak over our political climate, listen to him speak over our society's landscape, listen to him speak over our city and over our families. Let our faith be stirred as we listen to his voice, as we close the door on those other voices and learn to listen to him. Amen. So my third and final point of mixing our faith with God's word is in our doing. So in our speaking, in our listening, all these ingredients is how we can stir our faith up with his word. In our doing. So the word of God in us is living and active. The word of God in us, it's living and it's active. Uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, um, it was Gideon's birthday and I took them to see uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. Um, I thought initially it would be a good idea. But days after this, days after this, they all thought they were karate experts. I'm telling you, it was a nightmare of a weekend. 
They were convinced they were all experts at karate. It was just a crazy response to a film. We had a weekend of karate chops and and flying kicks and discussions about who had the most muscles and asking us um, what they could eat so so they could get fitter and stronger. It it was just, I was just, yeah, it it was just a crazy response. Monday morning comes. Monday morning comes, and I go upstairs after breakfast, just as normal, and um, the kids are usually getting ready for school. I go upstairs and peer into Joseph's room. And Joseph, instead of getting ready for school, had taken his pajamas off, so he, he was topless, and put a pair of sports shorts on, and he was walking around his room, and he turned his room into a training camp. They're supposed to be getting ready for school, and he turned his room into a training camp. And he, he had Naomi doing roly-polies on the bed. He had Gideon sparring on the boxing bag. He had had Eli doing press-ups on the floor. And Joseph stood there with his hands clenched behind his back, his his chest puffed out, giving Gideon tips on how to to use the punching bag. And I'm just just like, bless the teachers today. I'm off to work. Just, yeah, just go go to the teachers. You have some of that. I mean, they're calm now. Thankfully, we're all calm in the cold household. But what an active response to something. My heart is that we are that passionate when we receive God's word. That our faith comes alive in our actions. What can you flesh out in response to God's word? Is there even one thing this week that you could put into action in response to God's word? Whether it is a word that you have received personally, or it's a word we have received as a prophetic community, that we would put something into action in our response to God's word. Is there something you can walk in to proactively bring that word alive? So, yes, the three ways in which we can mix our faith with God's word. And as I said, there are many other ways as you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit say, yes, I'm going to respond in that way. But hopefully these three ways are helpful to you. Um, And I'm so excited that God's desire is to partner with us in extending his kingdom. That's what it's all about. As we respond with faith, as we add our faith to his word, we will see God do incredible things among us as a church and in our city. Amen. So let's, let's respond together this morning. If the worship team can come back up. Let's, uh, let's stand together. And I believe that as, you know, the Holy Spirit is here. He's already been speaking to us. And um, just as we just look to God once again, as we put on those spiritual eyes, as God has told us, he's knocking on the door of our hearts. And I believe the Holy Spirit, even this morning, is reminding us of words that he has spoken to us. As somebody has already prophesied, is the promises that he's given to you. Yes, we've heard testimonies, but you know what? There are so many more testimonies for us um, to hear about and to see as a church community. So just as we spend a little bit of time, just a few moments, just worshiping God, let's just be open, uh, open our hearts and to see God with those spiritual eyes and say, yes, I respond to that word. Um, just in particular, I felt that um, in a particular response to God's word, um, that if you wanted to just receive a fresh touch of faith this morning, we've talked about seeing God with faith. So as we all respond in worship, if you feel that you want just an impartation of faith this morning, then um, we'd love to pray for you. Um, just come, maybe just come to one side here, come to the front, and we'd love to just lay hands on you and just pray for the Holy Spirit for you just to receive a fresh touch of faith as we worship God. Amen.